Calvary Church there in Alexandria, and they came to receive miracles, a mom and a daughter. And we believe they're going to receive miracles tonight in Jesus' name. Can I preach, Mama, or do I need to go ahead and pray for you? Do anything I want to? Oh, you're a sweetheart. I tell you, this is a sweetheart. Calvary's going to lose. I'm going to steal her. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, if you have your Bibles, I want to go to Matthew chapter 6. As you know, we have been studying on the Sermon on the Mount. And I'm not sure exactly when we started. It might have been the first of the year, but we finally got through chapter 5. But this was the message Jesus taught His disciples, the first one. And we want to look at chapter 6. In chapter 5, we saw that Jesus, was His teaching was on warning us about what can destroy, what can hurt our lives. And He was talking especially about the condition of the heart. And in Matthew chapter 6, He starts off about what can enhance our relationship with God and what is pleasing to God. How many want to live pleasing to God? Amen. Well, it says in verse 1, listen to what He starts off with as He starts wanting to talk to enhance your life. Take heed that you do not... Well, let me read in the Living Bible. Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth. They have their reward that they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. So I want to just share on this a few minutes. And this is so close, and I want you to see some scriptures we'll go to tonight. This is so close to the Father's heart. But one of the things I want you to see here, that word reward, if you're taking notes, He is saying, if you give to be seen by men then your giving and their applause to you is your receipt, your reward, your receipt of your giving. Don't expect anything else. There's your receipt right there. Well, I just want to give $300. Praise God. Well, everybody claps and that's a blessing. That's good. But you just got your reward. And don't expect anything else but an applause. And that's what Jesus was talking here. He wants us to be able to give. That is not just giving money, but what's more important according to the Lord is giving of ourselves. The rabbi believed, rabbis believed in the Hebrew that giving was sacred. That that money was sacred. Jesus came and taught us that it's just not the money that was sacred. It's us who give it are sacred and what we give is sacred unto the Lord. So we want to see here about giving alms and offerings and gifts to God and to man. And of course, this covers the area of good works and charitable deeds. Now it says when you give, not if you give. How many of you know, make a note, it says when you give. And I know you people are givers. Well, I praise God for this church. And I just wanted to just rejoice before God. You know, we support monthly. Those flags are just a few of our monthly supporters. But every month we're giving to Alberto and Gloria Diaz down in Jujuy, Argentina. And we just got another church that was started from a, a, 
Uh, remember the story I told about that ex-prostitute who was raped when she was 12 and she got saved and we cast the devils out of her and now she became, she became a deaconess later on. Her husband became one of my deacons and well, they started a church in the mountains and now they came underneath the covering of Alberto Diaz, all part of that church there. They're doing awesome work in, in the high Andes mountains and then we're supporting Sister Irina Friedman, as you know, in Israel, rivers of living water, helping feed the people down in Israel and take care of them. And then Sister Jeannie Stedman from Brazil. We haven't had her yet, but she is a single lady from Sam Carr's church, and we've been supporting her probably over four or five years. And uh, she works with orphans and, and just ministers to the people on the street. And then Brother Freddie Hall, y'all probably some of y'all have met him, who uh, ministers to the Navajo Indians uh, there in, in New Mexico. And then we got Steve Harrelson, who uh, helps get water and helps feed the poor down in Honduras. Then we got the Greens in Germany. We got Gabriel and Benjamin Grant in Metro Ministries in Brooklyn. And then we support some other ministries. Brother Rick Renner in Russia and the Ukraine. Lou Engel in intercession for the U.S. Mercy Ministries, which is a ministry for helping these mothers not, not to give abortion, not to have an abortion, but help give these children to someone and help heal these mothers. We're helping Andres Torres, which is an old friend of ours from Argentina who's been in Spain since 1991. We support him every month. And then Let's See Global. Uh, ministry, which is Lester Summerall's ministry that we've been supporting for over eight years now, uh, feeding the poor all around the world. I forgot how many tons we were able to help with just last year alone, and we were so happy about that. Then we got Daniel and, uh, and Menorah McCarty in Asia, the Philippines, Vietnam, Cambodia, all that area, and then Claudio Freyson in Argentina, where they go in and they just have crusades and, and, uh, I have it on, in Spanish and I want, I wanted to find it for you tonight, but they brought a, one incubator and, and into a hospital in Huhui where we used to live. And it's that, the week they brought it, it saved a baby's life. And they just bring groceries and just all kind of wonderful things. And then we, we, we support a number of other ministries here in the States and other missionaries. But I just wanted to just remind you and I just wanted to praise God. That, that every month we are helping feed the poor, feed the orphans. And, and I tell you, if you've never gone to those third world countries, you know, people are complaining right now. They may have to cut back here and they may have to cut back there. But I tell you, I, I, I can tell you when uh, 90% of your church has a dirt floor and that's all the floor they got. And their furniture is a piece of a tree limb that they've hacked with a machete for a little handle and it's about that high and they'll put it on the ground and dust it off and you'll sit on, you'll sit real low on that piece of log that they hacked out with a machete and how they got to go to the river and that's where they bathe and wash their clothes and little children with their big bellies and, and fighting all the different problems with worms and, and, uh, the kids who come to the house and you see kids here in the States, you see their faces for trick or treat. You see how excited they get when they get to get all that junk food. Well, that's what the children down there look like when they come and knock on your door and you give them a piece of bread or, or an orange because that's all they're asking for. And you ask, when was the last time you ate, sweetheart? And they tell you it's been three days. And you see them there with no socks and, and, and just no clothes and it's winter time and no coat. I remember one time we were eating and the kids, we were eating some ice cream and Cody says, I'm going to give this kid my ice cream, but I'm going to give him my coat too. And we said, baby, why are you giving your coat too? Because when he eats ice cream, he's going to get cold, so he needs my coat. And, uh, you know, we, 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 there, with everything you hear, we are so blessed. 
I've had people come to our church and the bus tickets maybe were 60 cents and they drive those, ride those city buses to get to the church and they put their return ticket in the offering and then have to walk home two hours to get home. Get home around 2.33 in the afternoon, maybe 4, and then start cutting firewood to start cooking because they don't have no electric stove. They don't have no gas stove. All they got is firewood to cut up and start heating the food and cooking over fire and all that. But they're praising God and singing and a lot of them, I'll tell you, I've seen a lot of people leaving down there in those conditions happier than I see a lot of people leaving here getting in the air-conditioned cars. Huh? I thank God for what we have. But it's so easy. We take so many things for granted. And every day we need to thank God for how He's blessed us. And there's something I want to, I want to ask you. Not this Sunday we have a guest, but the following Sunday, the 5th of October, is the National Day of Prayer for the Peace of Jerusalem. And one thing I want to ask you to do is after every meal, I mean, before every meal, when you're blessing your food, the Bible says that God will prosper the ones who bless Jerusalem. And I want to ask you, church, this entire fast and for the rest of your life, let's make it a habit that every time we bless our food, let's bless and Jerusalem and Israel. Okay? And I tell you, that will open up such tremendous doors. But, you know, I want to share some things with you right quick. The rabbis used to say, greater is he who gives alms than he who offers up sacrifices. Proverbs 3.9 says, honor the Lord with your wealth. Honor him. You honor God when you give. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Look with me in Proverbs chapter 10. And let me just give you a few scriptures here. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 4. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 4. It says, he who has a slack hand becomes poor. But look at this. But the hand of the diligent makes rich. Amen? It brings in a harvest. Look at chapter 14, verse 20. Let me just give you a few scriptures. Chapter 14, verse 20. It says, the poor man is hated even by his own neighbor. But the rich has many friends. Isn't it a shame that the poor are looked down upon and despised? But it goes on to say, He who despises his neighbor's sins, but he who has mercy on the poor, happy is he. Say mercy on the poor. Jump down to verse 31. It says, He who oppresses the poor reproaches his maker, but he who honors him has mercy on the needy. Now, if you're going to do a word study, look at that word reproach and, and listen to me very carefully here. For, for a long time, a lot, of, a lot of people would want to mock and make fun of how people live. And there was a preacher came and he made fun of, he had trailer house jokes. I never had them back. The Bible says he who makes fun or mocks the poor or the needy reproaches God. And if you look up that word reproach, that's where we have to be very careful and teach our children and our grandchildren also. That word reproach means that when you, mock a poor, when you mock a poor person, you're mocking someone made in the image of God, so you're mocking God and don't expect to be blessed. To mock a poor person, to mock a person's living condition, to mock what somebody's driving, to mock what somebody's wearing, to mock anybody for any reason... And in and, and the past, people used to say, well, if they had faith, they wouldn't drive that way. Well, you're not their judge. 
If they didn't have faith, they wouldn't be living that way. When you make a reproach or you speak openly about somebody's living condition and you don't know what they've been through, you don't know if they are driving that car because they are paying a high hospital bill for a child who almost died and they went into debt to see if that child could make it. I don't care what other people preach. But until you've been in a place where some of these people have been, it says, I've just read you a few scriptures, you do not mock, criticize, or make fun of anybody's living condition. Or even say it's because of their own curse. That's not for you to say. And if you can help them, you help them. If you can bless them, you bless them. And just because they may look like they're on drugs, we give to them anyway. They look like they're smoking at the gas tank and you see them putting $2 in. You give them some extra money. And I tell you what, you don't have to tell people what you do. You don't have to report. There's a lot of people in here that nobody knows what a lot of people in here do. But boy, God does. And that's why you're blessed and you'll always be blessed. Let me show you uh, chapter 17, verse 5. Proverbs 17, verse 5. Because it says it again. He who mocks the poor reproaches his maker. Insults God. He who is glad at calamity will not go unpunished. Now I want you to look at Psalms 41. Psalms chapter 41. Jesus is speaking here about giving to the needy. And he always had a treasure and they always were out giving and helping those in need. And we have people in here, their heart is a heart to give and help people. In Psalms 41 verse 1. Blessed is he who considers the poor. Considers the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. I tell you, that is a safety net. Every time I give to somebody, every time you give to somebody, you need to thank God. Father, I'm not telling people what I'm doing, but Lord, I'm giving to this poor person. I'm helping this person in their time of need. And I just praise you that I just doubled my security in Jesus' name. Because you said that you, when we consider the poor, we're blessed and you were delivered us in time of trouble. It doesn't stop there. Look at verse 2. The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive. And he will be blessed in heaven? No, on the earth. And you will not deliver him to the will of his enemies. The Lord will strengthen him on his bed of illness and will sustain him on his sick bed. I tell you something interesting, that word poor is also the word sickly. Not just poor financially, but sickly and going through a hard time in their body to be considerate. Like so many cook a meal, make phone calls, sends cards, visits, all the different things. God does not forget those things that you do. God does not forget the extra mile and the special things you do to make that person feel happy and, and, and help them in, in their time of pain. And this church, last week, we, we helped four people in different situations. And this week, we've already helped some. And I've got to go help another family uh, tomorrow or Friday. And, and we, we, we don't tell about who they are or what they are. But I, but I tell you what, this church has always been blessed and will always be blessed because we want to help people. And you know, some, some people don't pay tithes. Some people don't go to this church, but we help them. 
because we want to be there in their time of need. And God says that He will help us and He will save us. But He says we have to pay attention and have a heart towards those people. Acts chapter 20 verse 35 says, You must support the weak. Remember the word of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Amen? Amen. Hebrews 13, 16 Hebrews 13, 16 says, And don't forget to do good and to share with those in needs. Those are the sacrifices that please God. Amen. Luke 6, 38 is Jesus' sermon on the mountain. How many of you know, they quote it all the time, Give and it shall be given unto you. How, how many of you know we know that scripture by heart? But he's talking about giving to poor people. People in need. And... uh just things that, that he's telling us because why? Because giving is out of love. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave. Galatians 3.20, the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. First John 3.16, by this we know love because he laid down his life for us and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. You know, I found a story here that I wanted to share about a German preacher in the 17th century. He founded an orphanage to take care of homeless children who roamed the streets. One day, when he was desperately needed of funds to carry on his work, a destitute Christian widow came to his door begging for one piece of coin. Because of his financial situation, he politely but regretfully refused. Disheartened, the woman sat down and began to weep. Moved by her tears, this pastor asked her to wait for a while as he went into his room to pray about the matter. Seeking God's guidance, he felt that the Holy Spirit wanted him to grant the request. Trusting the Lord to meet his own pressing needs, he gave her the money. Two mornings later, he received a warm letter of thanks from the widow saying that because of his generosity, she asked the Lord to shower the orphanage with gifts. another, Another reason why we're blessed is because there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people all over the nations we support who pray for us to be blessed. The same day, he received 12 gold coins like he gave to that lady from a rich lady, 12 of them, and two from a friend in Sweden. He got back, he gave two away and he got back 14. He thought he had been amply rewarded for shortly after, uh, for what he had done, but shortly afterward he was informed that the Prince Van Wurttemberg had died and in his will had directed that 500 gold pieces be given to the orphanage. This pastor wept in gratitude that he sacrificially provided for that needy saint. He had not been impoverished, but enriched. We should always give with pure motives, hoping for nothing to gain. Yet God does promise, He that gives unto the poor shall not lack. Amen. And I tell you, I just want to encourage you in these days ahead. How many know that the things you're hearing, you know, more and more people in need and, and desperate. And you just believe, God, that you are going to be blessed so you, you can continue being a blessing for others. In, uh, in uh, Matthew 5.42, we read it last week when we studied, talking about staying sensitive to the needs of those around us. Look with me in 1 John chapter 3. I'm trying to get through this quickly here. 1 John chapter 3. Verse 17. 1 John chapter 3, verse 17. 
But whoever has this world's goods and see his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Amen. Now, I want you to see this part here in word and in truth. And I want you to make a note here. What it means by doing not only in deed, but in truth, it means that we can't just give to meet their natural need unless we also are giving the spiritual side of it and telling them about Christ while we're giving it to them. Even when I've given to a man that you can smell alcohol in his breath, I hold his hand and I don't let him go. And I said, I want you to know something. That's godly money that I'm blessing you with. And I'm praying for you and I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to pray for your salvation. Do you know Jesus? And a lot of times they'll go, yeah, or something like that. But the thing about it is, is that we just don't give money. That's why we give through Christian organizations that we know that these Christian organizations are not just giving food and clothing and what they need, but they're also preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to them. Y'all remember not long ago we had Brother Abraham here, and he was sharing about in India, about helping all those people and the 200 churches and all that he does. And we want to be sure that we just don't... It's so easy just to give, give, give. But how many of you know we are also responsible that who we give to is also getting the message of the gospel also. Amen. And if they don't want the message of the gospel, there are plenty of other nations and peoples who are willing to hear the gospel as well as receive our need. Amen? Amen. So it's something to think about. A man preached on Acts 3.6, Such as I have give I thee. He talked about uh, giving to the poor. And uh, he, he... that night, uh, he had a, he had lost his home, but he had a card with some, uh, credit on it to stay at a, a hotel for the night. But instead of staying at the hotel himself, he gave that card to a, an older man who was poorer than himself. And so he went and slept on the church steps in the snow while this other man went ahead and slept in the hotel that night. And because of that deed, that man ended up giving his life to the Lord. Now, one thing we want to see in Matthew chapter six, Jesus is speaking here about giving. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 2. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before, as do the hypocrites in the synagogue, in the streets, that they may have the glory of men. Now, he's given some uh, things here, and the word hypocrite means self-gratification. Now, I want to share something with you. And, and you see this and uh, a, a lot, and we've been to some cities here lately where there's been some needs And a lot of these uh, people from Hollywood who are talking about how we need to help these people and we need to get the money to help these people. And uh, we were just in New Orleans last month and there was this Hollywood actor. He's got a house in New Orleans and he's talking about building these houses. But when you talk to the locals, they'll tell you with all that propaganda, not one house has been given yet. And you hear about a lot of people and thank God there are people giving and a lot of that money goes towards a lot of good things. But what Jesus is saying here is something that we have to watch for. Am I giving to ease my guilt of having so much? That's what he's talking about here. Am I giving to ease my guilt of having so much? 
Well, I'll just give a little bit because I have so much, I don't want to feel guilty about what I'm having. Or do I want the praises of men? Or am I giving to try to just sense some self-gratification and, and uh, feel like I, I'm, I'm self, selfless? I'm, not, I, I'm willing to give of myself. How many of you that is not the heart attitude that God is looking for in our giving? He talks about the trumpet. In those days, the priests would go out and when it was time to give to the poor, the, the Pharisees would blow a trumpet and then all the poor people would come, but then the other people would come to watch the Pharisee hands out the money. But it also speaks of a brass, a brass box they would have and people would throw their money in there real hard when they would come in so that you could hear the cling and you could hear the money because they wanted to make sure, look who's giving, look who's giving. You hear the noise. And he's saying here, this is, that, that's why uh, we don't have people come and throw money on the altar or, or ask people to raise their hands who or we don't even ask people to make pledges or raise their hands about pledges because it talks about not letting your right hand know what your left hand is doing and I want you to write this down right hand always symbolizes spiritual giving which speaks of a selfless motive and it's secret in method the left hand speaks of fleshly giving and trying to draw attention the word hypocrite also means one who acts a part or plays the actors or showmanship. And he says, don't let your left hand, the part of you that wants to play the part, know what your right hand, what the Spirit is telling you to do. So he's talking here about studying our motives of why we're giving, why do we want people to give. And uh, there's a story about Charles Spurgeon, who is one of the greatest preachers back years ago. And it was told about how the church criticized him for years. Because he would sell eggs. And uh, they said, you know, why does a preacher sell eggs? And why don't he just give eggs to the poor? And nobody really knew what was going on. But years later, after they died, they found out that they were selling them eggs because they were supporting two widows with the sale of the eggs. So, I mean, a lot of times you don't know what somebody's doing. And here they are the whole time criticizing. And they never said, wait a minute, the reason we're selling eggs is because we're supporting the widows. All they did was let them criticize. And after they were gone, their good deeds praised them. Isn't that something? Jesus says they have their reward. They have their applause. So enjoy it now. I want you to look with me in Philippians chapter 4. Don't worry about that noise. Nobody's getting their head cut off tonight. Uh, that's the Royal Rangers. Philippians chapter 4. I see people looking around like they're not going to cut chickens up in here tonight. <laughs> Philippians 4, verse 19. I guess if we were in the Middle East, we'd be cutting hands off of the thieves. <laughs> Philippians 4, verse 19, it says, And my God shall supply all of your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now, I know you know that scripture, but you need to have it in your heart that when you're considerate to the poor and you're given alms, which is offerings to the poor, you're given beyond your tithes, which is offerings, and you're given tithes, that you are opening the door for God to bless you, but also for double blessing to come upon you for being sensitive and helping the poor. And you, you want to know, just by my experience, you, you, you want to know... And, and you give to anybody, you give to people anyway, but you want to know someone how you can tell when it's been good seed sown? It's when you give somebody used clothes and they don't throw it back at you. 
That's when you know this person is really grateful and they're not being picky. They're really in need and they're willing to take everything you have. When you see somebody who's willing to take everything you have and they go, no, no I, I don't want that. And you show them, look, i got a chair here. i got a sofa here that I can give you. No, no, I don't want that. That's not my color. How many of you know when you're in desperate need, any color goes? Huh? Anything. I mean, if the pants is too big, I'll tighten the belt. But I mean, just give them to me. I thank God for them. That's when you know you've sown seed and when you've given them money and them saying, oh, well, I needed 150. Well, all I had was 100. Well, I really needed 150. You know, it's when they take it, they go, thank you so much and God bless you for it. That's when you know you've done a good deed. And I want to tell you something I learned from my dad, too. And this is something that, that, that uh, I haven't heard preached, but I saw my dad live this life. And, and, and we practiced it on the mission field. And we practice here in the States. Whenever you have a financial need, first thing a lot of people do is they come in and say, Pastor, will you pray for me? I need $25. I need $50. I need $150. And they want prayer. You know what you do? You go look for somebody who's blind or somebody who's begging, or somebody who's homeless. And when you go and you go and you try to find that person, and the, you know they may be a Christian, they may not be, but if you find somebody in desperate need and you give them 5 or $10, I've seen my dad where we didn't have the money for the rent, and he knew this blind man at the post office there in Lafayette. And whenever we didn't, I knew when we didn't, we didn't have money because daddy would head towards the post office. Go find that blind man and give him 5 or $10. And God always paid our rent. If you want God to come through, He never forgets those who helps the poor and the needy. Those who goes give an encouraging word to somebody in need. Amen. Now, Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10. For God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for Him and how you have shown your love to Him by caring for other believers, as you still do. Our great desire is that you would keep on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain that what you hope for will come true. Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. Second Corinthians 5.10 says we'll all stand before God and it says that each one will receive uh, uh, by the things that are done, whether it's good or bad. And then how many of you know Matthew 25.21 says that his Lord said to him, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. How many of you know that one day we all want to hear that? Amen. But we want to make sure that we've been doing what God has commanded us to do. Now, I'll finish with a story about a Korean missionary doctor who came from operating room and he was tired and sweating. And it says that his lips were purple with a strain and his hands were trembling with fatigue as he had been working and operating many hours on a person. There was a bystander standing there and he said, how much would you receive in America for doing that same operation? He says, oh, perhaps thousands of dollars. Then the question came, how much will you receive from this Korean woman? The doctor hesitated and then replied, nothing but her gratitude and the master's smile. Nothing but her gratitude and the master's smile. 
And I tell you, that is what we are living for. The master smile. I mean, here's my brother and sister. They sell the Bibles, but if somebody doesn't have the money, well, just take the Bible. Not about making a profit. And so many times, you know, people, I know even in this church, people have come up and said, you know, I like this, I like that. The next service, they come with a bag and they give to them. They say, well, here, the Lord just told me to bless you with it. And uh, so many things about, I want to give a car, I, I, I want to give furniture. And uh, there's always people who seek and help and, and, and having need. The thing that we have to make sure we never get hard to, to others. And how many know that like going through these hurricanes, it's a good time to remember those in need. Because when you don't have electricity and, 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 and food and gas and different things to make your life easier, how many know it helps us be compassionate for those who don't have? Amen. So what I want to encourage you with this message tonight that Jesus taught when he started in this first chapter, I mean this chapter 6 here, about don't forget those in need. Help them out. And I know people here that haven't had money and you go to the restaurant and there's another person who, who, who's there and they say, well, I'm not going to eat tonight. And they end up buying them some food and not buying themselves. And people don't know about these type of things. But you know what? The master knows and the master smiles on you. And I'm just bragging on you. Because I know some of you who you are. And I hear about what you've done. And I just want to bless you in the name of Jesus. And I want to thank you for showing love to people who don't have enough. People who, you know, one of the worst things about poverty is, is the shame. Being embarrassed. Won't you come with us? Well, I can't. Well, why not? Well, I just can't. And right away you realize, you know, that person may not have money for that. And that's why we want to always be a church that, that is able to help and encourage and, and give to people in need. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, let me And Sister Kay wrote a, wrote, wrote a poem. She says, she just wrote this. She's not here tonight, so I'll read her poem. Oh, harvest, oh, harvest, why do you delay? My master has many workers, but it's true. They just want to play. The crops have had many plagues, drought, rain, wind, and hail. But my master's protection is upon them all and he won't allow them to fail. The fields are so white, ready to go. But the workers are in church talking about they used to reap and sow. Let's don't let our crops die in the fields. There are so many souls yet to yield. So get up and get out. Time is nearing an end. We must go out and reach the loss with many souls to win. Amen. So y'all tell Sister Kay, she did a good job on that poem. She's in Texas right now. Well, listen, I want you to believe with us, hon. And some of y'all, if y'all want to come, 